Check it out, Startup Nation. I know many of you are trying to improve your marketing performance, right? You have your business or your e-commerce store, and you're trying to increase that brand awareness. No worries. I got you. You should listen to the brand new Keep Optimizing podcast. That's optimizing with an S and not a Z. It's a marketing podcast that will provide you with not only the latest tips and advice in the game, but also you will hear from experts in their field when it comes to email marketing, SEO, and more. This is a must-listen-to podcast for my e-commerce entrepreneurs. It's hosted by Chloe Thomas, who is a 15-year marketing expert, best-selling author, and award-winning podcast host. It's already a top 20 marketing podcast in seven countries, so clearly you're going to get amazing value every episode. So as you can see, Style Nation, you're in good hands with my girl CT. So listen and subscribe to the Keep Optimizing podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you like to get your favorite podcast. You can also get more information at keepoptimizing.com. The link is there in the show notes. It's time to be about that life, the startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. You know, Startup Nation, despite lifted restrictions, many workplaces are continuing remote work throughout the summer as the pandemic worsens and in parts of the U.S. For companies who are struggling to uh, struggling with drops in productivity, what if I told you there was a retired Navy SEAL sniper who could help reveal how to lead like a warrior when isolated from your team? And we have the perfect person to kind of help us out with that. He is a trainer, blogger, author, and entrepreneur. He has been featured on NBC Nightly News, the Discovery Channel, and also in Maxim and the USA Today. He is the author of The New Rules of Mark- Marksmanship. He is Chris Sinock. Big Chris, what's up, man? Not too much, Dominic. Thanks for having me. No worries, man. Look, we all are looking forward to our conversation today. Are you ready to pour some knowledge in the Startup Nation today? Because we can definitely use your help, man. I was born ready. I hear that. I hear that. Quick (laughs) shout out to our radio partners uh, in Denver, uh, Colorado, the military broadcast radio. Uh, Everybody, you want to make sure you shout them out as well as this is a special episode uh, for all of us involved. So, Chris, if you would, man, just kind of share with us your origin story, if you don't mind, good sir. Well, I grew up uh, in a small town in Wisconsin. Okay. And um, yeah, I kind of had a, I don't know, I, I, I kind of say it's like a a rough upbringing, but it's like, you know, upper middle class rough, you know, it's not like I was out on the, on the streets or anything. Gotcha. Um, But I just didn't really like listening to authority. Mm. And that led to me moving out of the house early, dropping out of high school, kind of going in the, in a bad direction. And I ended up without a place to stay. I ended up without a car or a job or anything. And I ended up meeting a Navy recruiter who said, hey, I'll give you a place to stay and give you some food. What do you think? Gotcha. Uh, so that's that's when I joined the Navy. And interestingly enough, I didn't even know what a Navy SEAL was mm. before I joined the Navy. Okay. So, yeah. Gotcha. So that's kind of what got me in the Navy. And then I, I spent 20 years uh, in the Navy and ended up leading our SEAL sniper program. I wrote our curriculum for that. And yeah, so I retired in 2009. I'm in San Diego now with a wife and 
two boys. One of them 16 years old and about six inches taller than me. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I run online training right now. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so it's it's been it's been interesting, you know, with the the COVID stuff happening. Of course, I've been fortunate enough to have planned my my business around teaching people online, and I did that so I could spend time with my kids, so I wouldn't be going places. So it's worked sure. out well. For sure. You know what? Thank you for sharing that. I, I want to ask a quick follow up. T- no, tell me about uh, the curriculum part, because we have a lot of people and I know you're a trainer and stuff like that. Kind of share with me your doctrine on, you know, on teaching and coaching and stuff like that and how that played a part in building that curriculum. Well, when I retired from the Navy, I kind of continued teaching the same way I was teaching, um, you know, Na- Navy SEALs. Uh, in our sniper program and other programs that I ran. And, you know, so I would take civilians and law enforcement to the range and teach them the same techniques. Mm. And I realized it wasn't working. And I, I quickly realized it wasn't what I was teaching. It was who I was teaching. Right. Because in the SEAL teams, I was teaching other Navy SEALs to do anything. I could have taught them, you know, didn't matter what it was, and they would have learned it because they're warriors. Of course. And they're, you know, like sponges. They they understand the, the need for knowledge and, and skill acquisition. Right. And so what I did was I came up with a way to really teach people to learn and live like warriors. And by doing that, people are able to very quickly uh, pick up any skill uh, that they want. Gotcha. You know what? Kind of break it down for us. What does it mean to kind of, you know, train and live and think like a warrior? And how does that, you know, kind of relate to civilian life, if you don't mind me asking? Well, the the first thing that I teach is like your mindset. And one one of the first things that I get, I have exercises that I have people go through. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's really what the new rules of marksmanship, my new workbook takes people through is, you know, asking why, and, you know, I'm sure you've, you've heard and discussed it with others, but having a strong why for why you want to learn any skill right. is critical. Very much and true. when it comes to, you know, firearms training, if somebody just wants to learn to shoot, to impress their buddies at the range, then when it comes time to train, they're going to, you know, blow it off. They're going to hit the snooze on their alarm clock. But if we can get to, well, the reason why is I want to protect my family that I love. Mm, right. Then, you know, you're going to get up early. You're going to train as hard as you can. You're going to do what it takes to, to learn whatever skill that is. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all about that. And one important distinction that, that I like to make when I talk about learning and living like a warrior is I teach the importance of being a balanced warrior Mm. and a balanced warrior means, you know, warriors have hard traits and they have soft traits and they need to be balanced for you to be effective. So I teach those, those skills and the importance of that and how to, how to stay balanced. Um, and by being balanced, that's really when you're most effective. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. And that's definitely, you know, something we talk about often on this show, Startup Nation is balance. I think a, a big part 
of what I want to take away and actually impart on you, Startup Nation, is that balanced warrior part. I, I think a lot of times we hear, you know, the word or term warrior and it's all about like, you know, reckless abandon, bat out of hell, like, you know, you know, you know, uh, destroy any, you know, destroy everything and everything in your path or whatever like that. But you kind of talk about, you know, something uh, it's not always just about that. And so when I think of balance, I think of that. Would you agree with that, Chris? Very much so. And yeah, you, you hit it right on the head because, you know, I'd like everybody to listen, you know, yeah, you can picture a warrior from, you know, a thousand years ago or whatever, standing on a mountainside with a sword. But you could also picture that warrior very easily sitting on that mountainside and meditating. Or you could see that warrior, um, you know, drawing or painting. Um, being a warrior just means that you fight for something. Mm. And I like to always get it to fighting for what you love. Right. So whether that's your family, a cause that you believe in, whatever it is, if you're doing it out of love, I believe love is the most powerful force in the universe. Uh, then you're going to be a balanced warrior. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing all of that for sure. I want to ask you this, you know, you know, and I know you can't get into specific stuff like that. I I guess I just want to know about your overall, uh, general experience going through Navy SEAL training. You know, we hear about, you know, stories we see, you know, uh, docu, uh, documentaries, we see movies, we see, uh, behind the scenes type of stuff. Just kind of give us your take, your commentary on going through SEAL training and, and some of the things that you learned from that? Uh, I had a pretty interesting or unique uh, journey through SEAL training or okay. what we call BUDS training. Sure. And it, it part of it stemmed from before I was a Navy SEAL, I was a dive medic. So I, wor- I worked with SEALs for four years as their medic. Uh, when it came to diving and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I've been working with SEALs. I you know, n- knew hundreds of SEALs before I went through SEAL training. So when I went to SEAL training, about once a week, we would be out on the grinder or where, you know, where we do our little exercises, and I'd hear my name called, sign on, get up here. Mm-hmm. And I'd go run up to the front, and there would be a Navy SEAL that I had worked with before. And, you know, the instructor would say, oh, so uh, Petty Officer Sinog, uh, Chief Smith here said that you said SEAL training was going to be easy. Mm. And the only thing you can say to that is hoo So hoo is the generic answer, depending on the inflection in your voice. Right. That means everything. But you can't say no, because if you say no, then you're calling that person a liar. So you didn't want to do that. So I would always have to go do something fun, like run down to the beach and come back with as much water in my mouth as I could. (laughs) Um, There's always fun little things like that. But, um, you know, in general, if you pass the test to get into SEAL training, you have what it takes to make it through physically and mentally. Fair enough. The part you don't have is, and nobody knows until you go through, is kind of that um, emotional aspect of, can you basically just not quit? Because everybody in SEAL training gets pushed past what they believe they're capable of doing. So we've had, um, you know, collegiate swimmers that would show up there and, you know, SEALs are known for being in the water 
And what the instructors would do is they would just have that person swim alongside a boat until they felt like they were going to drown and see if they were going to quit. And if they didn't quit, well, then, then they're good. But everybody, no matter who you are, you get pushed to, you know, to that point, because that's really what we want to find out is when, you know, it gets hard. Are you going to quit on your teammates? Got you. And, and that's definitely important. And I know, uh, you know, throughout the military worldwide is, is always about like depending on the next man. So I appreciate you sharing that. Let me, let me ask you, Chris, uh, ask you this, Chris, let me dig a little deeper. Did you ever get to a point where he's like, I don't know, man, I'm getting close to that point where it's like, <laughs> mm, I might need to tap out a little bit. You ever get to that point? Tell me about that a little bit. The closest I ever got was it was during hell week. And this is a time where, you're, you know, basically going straight for five days, sure. um, very little sleep. And we were running around in a circle with these little rubber boats on our heads. And I think it was like the third day of hell week or something. And I remember thinking like, I am literally going to fall down and die. I was just so tired. Mm. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, well, I would rather people point down at me and say, well, at least he didn't quit than to watch me walk over to the bell and ring it. Mm. Right. Right. Thank you for sharing. And I wanted to ask that because like, there's so many business owners that we have in our audience uh, where they get to that breaking point and they just kind of like, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. So I appreciate your, you sharing that and, and transparency uh, about that. I want to ask you this as well, because you know, you were also a, a sniper as well. And I imagine you go through training, uh, where you have to kind of like, you know, where patience is, you know, involved. Like, I imagine there's a lot of like, you know, like, you know, like hours and hours and hours of patience and like maybe 20 seconds of actual action. You know, how do you train your mindset to be that patient? Um, well, that, that's interesting because patience is, is one of the, uh, the 12 traits that I, I teach about being, being, a uh, a warrior and living like a warrior, sure. balanced warrior. Absolutely. And it's also one of the things when it's the first thing that I tell people is most important about being a sniper. Because when most people think about snipers, what they're usually thinking of is marksmen. They're mm-hmm. thinking of people who shoot. And being a sniper, shooting is actually one of the things you do the least. That makes sense. And you need to have that patience where you may sit on a target for days or weeks at a time waiting for one thing to happen, or maybe it's not going to happen. And yeah, you definitely need that, that patience to be able to to do that. And, you know, patience just comes with, with training and discipline. It comes with having that strong why, Mm. Um, you know, and, and even just going back to going through seal training that, that no quit attitude that that gives you patience and you know to to other business owners who haven't you know not navy seals and haven't been through seal training um you know i say just put yourself through hard times and you know push yourself you can push yourself physically um in you know exercise or going going on you know a hike with a with a backpack but just push yourself if you push yourself really in any way uh, that's, 
going to make you want to stop and you push through that, that's going to really help you out. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. I want to ask one last question about your background before we uh, move forward with today's conversation, because I wanted to ask you about like, you know, you, you, you you talk about sitting on a target, you know, for, you know, hours and days and sometimes weeks in advance waiting for that one thing to happen. And, And I imagine it goes to uh, a lot of planning, a lot of you know, uh, strategy that goes involved. But let's say you, you, you find yourself in a situation, and this happens in, in, in uh, military missions, this happens in business, this happens all over the place where you do the strategy, you plan ahead, and, you know, and, and it's time to kind of perform, if you will, and nothing goes as planned. Strategy goes out the window, and it, it almost kind of like there may be a, a point where like this may not go uh, this may not have the desired effect that I want. Talk about that mental fortitude to kind of turn the tide when things are just going terribly wrong. I think the first thing to consider is realizing that if you just have one plan, everybody knows it. nothing goes according to plan. Of course. And I think that is where most people make their mistakes is they come up with a plan and it looks good on paper. And then they try to execute it. And man, in my business, I'll tell you, <laughs> that happens every every week where, you know, I'm going to change this on my website. I'm going to move, you know, I just got done moving my my whole um, membership site to a new platform and mm. nothing <laughs> went according to plan right. to the original plan. But if you realize, okay, so if I know nothing's going to go according to this plan, you look at other plans and you just keep planning. And that's one of the things, you know, that's, that seals are known for. If you look at the, you know, the raid that took, took out uh, Osama bin Laden, right? they didn't have just one plan and their initial plan went terribly wrong, but they had planned out so many other options. They had, they had practiced what is going to happen if the helicopter crashes inside the the courtyard you know so when that happened it wasn't like they were changing plans it was just like oh we're doing this now fair enough so you know just keep planning and looking at okay what can go wrong what are we going to do if that goes wrong you know um have other people look at your plan Uh, you know people on the outside um you know and we we call it red teaming where Mm -hmm. we you know have have people come in and and try to punch holes in our plan and try to defeat it. And by doing that, you're coming up with all the answers. So it's, it's not like things aren't going to plan. It's like things are just going according to a a different plan that you have. Fair enough. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm glad you said that, Chris, because a lot of times we talk about uh, that red team or that opposition uh, to plans and have people poke holes in it. Because a lot of times we have, uh, entrepreneurs and we have people who are not necessarily, you know, entrepreneurs or business owners, uh, but they may have an expertise in the field and they can provide some very valuable uh, resources and assets uh, to that entrepreneur. And that entrepreneur is kind of like, you know, he ain't ran no business before. I ain't listening to that. But, you know, it's important <laughs> to listen to those people from the outside. So thank you for sharing. I really appreciate you sharing that, Chris. Yeah, you're welcome. No worries. No worries. Once again, started, make sure we're talking to Chris, uh, Sainok, Sainok, sorry. Uh, you know, it's a uh, tough one. No yeah. Problem. Yeah. It, it, I do it all <laughs> the time. My apologies, man. Uh, here on the startup life for sure. So I want to talk about, you know, now, you know, we're dealing with this, 
uh, a new enemy, if you will. It's one you really can't see all that well unless you have a microscope, I guess. You know, it's COVID-19. And so kind of talk about uh, the shift that you've experienced in your business and how you're training other people to kind of shift as well. Well, when this first started happening and, you know, we were going into social isolation, I was just I I thought it would not affect my business at all, which, um, you know, goes back to even even I need to be reminded to keep planning and and you know, red teaming what's going to happen. Right. And because I was like, well, everything I do is online now. Uh, there, I, I do in-person training, but, um, you know, very rarely. And, gotcha. uh, it's, you know, it's very expensive and I do consulting and stuff for, for other people, but almost everything I do is online. So I was like, Oh, and, you know, it's going to be fine, but I didn't take into account. Well, my members and my teammates now, they are losing their jobs and not being able to, mm. to, you know, get work. So the first thing that's going to, you know, come off their list of needs is, you know, a membership site. Um, and so I started losing a lot of members. Um, and, you know, I, I was able to pivot uh, rather quickly and, and offer some other programs and, you know, adjust the pricing and give, give people discounts and stuff where I could. So, um, you know, that ability to pivot was definitely, um, helpful. And as far as helping others, you know, other teams working remotely, um, the, the way I, the advice I give them is, that you need to teach everybody in your team to be a leader because in the seal teams, one of the biggest differences with us and any other unit or group in the world is the way we look at and execute leadership because in the seal teams, everybody on the team has to be a leader and they have to be able to step into the leadership role like flawlessly and just flow through it. And it's almost like if you, imagine a flock of birds flying through the air, mm-hmm. You, they could be flying in one direction and all of a sudden one bird becomes the leader and shifts direction and the whole flock instantly follows them. And that's what we learn to do in, in the SEAL teams. And that's, that's the way I teach leadership now is get everybody on your team to become a leader. So you don't have to be over their shoulder looking at them and and, you know, monitoring them, they're going to know what to do. And they're going to know when there's a void in the leadership and they're going to step up to the plate. For sure. Let me ask you a quick follow up to that, because and, and, I, and I absolutely agree with that mindset of like, you know, teaching everybody uh, to be leaders. But do you also find uh, in the result of your coaching and trainings uh, this doctrine uh, that not only are they prepared to be leaders if like, you know, if there's a void in the leadership role per se, but they're also that that leadership mindset translates into whatever their role is. Like, let's say there's no change in uh, personnel of leadership, but this person in, is in charge of exhibit A, this person is in charge of exhibit B, and they are showing leadership in their individual roles. Have you seen that as well? Yeah, and in. That's a great question. One of the things that I, I love acronyms. So the acronym that I teach for for teams to become 
leaders, for everybody on a team to become leaders, I actually use the acronym TEAMS, Mm -hmm. which stands for take responsibility, encourage others, ask for help, master your job, and sacrifice for the team. Mm. And if everybody on the team is doing that, everybody is being a leader and everybody is helping out the team at the same time. Right. Right. Thank you for sharing that. I definitely uh, like that. Master, master your role, master your role. Is that what you said? Yeah. Master your job. job. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Because so many people, you know, in, in, in teams and like, if you, if you, I remember it, you know, with my kids in sports where somebody would, would, you know, miss a, a shot kicking a soccer goal and people would point out and go, Oh, come on. How'd you miss that? And meanwhile, you know, that's the goalie that let, you know, three shots go past, past him. Right. You know, you don't need, it does no good to point at other people and, and, you know, you need to encourage those people, you know, and if, so you're encouraging other people and you're just worried about yourself and making sure whatever your job is, you're going to be the best at it. All right, Startup Nation. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson and you're listening to The Startup Life. Check it out, Startup Nation. I know many of you are trying to improve your marketing performance, right? You have your business or your e-commerce store, and you're trying to increase that brand awareness. No worries. I got you. You should listen to the brand new Keep Optimizing podcast. That's optimizing with an S and not a Z. It's a marketing podcast that will provide you with not only the latest tips and advice in the game, but also you will hear from experts in their field when it comes to email marketing, SEO, and more. This is a must-listen-to podcast for my e-commerce entrepreneurs. It's hosted by Chloe Thomas, who is a 15-year marketing expert, best-selling author, and award-winning podcast host. It's already a top-20 marketing podcast in seven countries, so clearly you're going to get amazing value every episode. So as you can see, Nation, you're in good hands with my girl, CT. So listen and subscribe to the Keep Optimizing podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you like to get your favorite podcasts. You can also get more information at keepoptimizing.com. The link is there in the show notes. Oralex powers this episode of The Startup Life. Startup Nation, as a podcaster, radio host, and business owner, I know a thing or two about the need for your message to come through clearly to your target audience. The last thing you want when trying to close a big deal over the phone or giving a sales presentation in your conference room is to have the person you are talking to be distracted by either the fact that you sound like you're in a warehouse or an outside noise like a fire truck. Trust me, Startup Nation. I know this all too well from experience. And that is why Oralex has your back. Oralex Acoustics creates professionally tested products that you can trust in a commercial space or at home. Better office acoustics improves intelligibility when video conferencing or generic conversation reduces stress and helps build a proactive work atmosphere. From a home studio for my content creators to your office space downtown, your gear performs better in an acoustically treated room. Trust me, you are in good hands with Oralex as they are the number one brand in acoustics, providing trusted solutions for over 40 years. 
Also, you can download the Oralex Acoustic Treatment mobile app in the Apple or Google Play Store to give you specifically designed and instantaneous recommendations for various room types. Go to Oralex.com and use the promo code STARTUP in all caps for 10% off your entire order. The link is there in the show notes if you are listening to the replay on the podcast. So if you are ready to stop sounding like you're having a sales meeting in a sports arena, go with Oralex. Professional audio made simple. Tresta powers this episode of The Startup Life. Okay, Startup Nation, I want to talk to you about our sponsor, Tresta. Tresta is an app for iPhone and Android that lets you do business calling and texting from anywhere. I know so many entrepreneurs that are still using their their personal phone number for business calls. It can get complicated drawing the line between your personal and professional life. Startup Nation, this is the best business phone app out there. Whether you just need a business phone number or if your team is ready for a complete business phone system, Tresta is totally flexible and can grow with your business. And it's all unlimited calling, texting, and all of the powerful call management features like auto attendance, call recording, user groups, and more for just $15 per user per month. With Tresta, there's no contract and you don't need any special hardware, just your smartphone you're already using. Tresta is easy to configure so you can set everything up yourself all online avoiding all the hassle and high overhead costs of setting up a traditional business phone system, which is important because as entrepreneurs, we are always trying to cut cost and time. They're often a 30-day free trial so you can see if Tresta's virtual phone system is right for you. Communicate smarter and more efficiently with Tresta. Start now at Tresta.com forward slash Startup Life. That's T-R-E-S-T-A dot com forward slash Startup Life. The link is there in the show notes if you're listening on the podcast. Tresta, business communication simplified. All right, Startup Nation, welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on The Startup Life. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. I, I want to ask you this because you know, like you said, you know, we're all kind of, for the most part, a lot of us are, we're uh, working remotely and stuff like that. And so I imagine that it may be a bit difficult without being face to face or maybe not. I don't know. We'll see, see how this question goes, but it may be uh, a bit difficult to kind of have that cohesion and that culture uh, between your team and, and your, and stuff like that. Or maybe it's not. What's your take on that? Because I imagine Building a culture remotely is a little different than building a culture face to face. Yeah, with, without a doubt, it's, you're mm-hmm. going to have have challenges there. Right. Um, one thing that I really recommend is that that leaders of teams out there really connect on a personal level mm-hmm. with everybody on their team. Right. And you know, this doesn't matter whether you're working remotely or in in person. But you've got to, um, you know, really connect with them on an emotional level. And, you know, I talked about the importance of why you're doing something. And if, if you know that the people on your team are emotionally connected to you, they care about, you know, your life and what's happening in your life besides, um, you know, whatever your, your job is or whatever right. program you're working on they're going to, you know, really feel like part of a team and, you know, you can still do team building exercises, um, remotely. You can do challenges and, you know, do like workout challenges where, you know, people are going out and coming back and, um, pushing each other to, to stay in shape and get outside and exercise. Um, you know, it's still possible. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's going to be a little, a little harder, but you just need to, 
you know, I, I think be more personal and uh, and look for for ways that you can challenge each other. For sure. For sure. Uh, I want to ask you this, you know, uh, what, I guess I'm looking for like a scenario or a story that you may have. Take me to a time where, you know, you're, you're you know, whether it be back when you were uh, in this uh, in this military service or maybe even now, you know, on this side as a civilian. Has there ever been a time where you're trying to coach somebody up, train somebody up? And for some reason, because we all have it or that person is just not getting it. Like, how do you get to the point or make the decision to where like it's time to either, uh, you know, keep coaching them up, uh, shift their focus or cut bait is what I'm asking. Kind of take me through your mindset through that, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, very, very good question, because one of the biggest things or issues I've found in training others mm-hmm. is cognitive dissonance. Mm. You know, so where people and the example I give is like with firearms training um, is say your grandfather taught you how to shoot. He taught you how to hold a pistol. Right. And now along I come and I show you a different way that's Mm. scientifically proven to be a better way to hold the pistol, to control it. Right. You're going to fight against it. Like you're, it's just not going to make sense to you what I'm telling you. And you don't know why you're not thinking, Oh, my grandfather taught me a different way. So I'm not going to do it your way. There's just something inside of you. That's like, you know, you don't hear this, but it's saying, if I listen to Chris, that means I don't love my grandfather. You know, Mm -hmm. so the way it works is just really, um, it's just really interesting. I I just love talking about it and trying to figure it out because it, it is one of the hardest things to, to figure out because they're not saying it, but you know, you have to sense, okay, I am telling them this and they're not getting it. So, I try to, you know, I just try to keep, keep working it. Gotcha. Um, but the other thing when it comes to leadership and somebody that's just not getting it, um, one, of the, one of the parts about being a leader is being strong enough and smart enough to do what I call um, eliminating cancers mm, from your group. Right. And a cancer is anyone with a negative attitude or someone who basically looks at hitting the the bare minimum as their standard. Mm-hmm. And I've got a saying that mediocrity is a disease and it spreads very quickly in any team. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And in that same vein, I want to ask you this, just kind of sticking with the leadership uh, part of this conversation. Let's say, you know, we know there's, there's a situation where you as the leader have to make a decision. You know, it's going to be an unpopular one, but you know, deep down long term is the best for that team. I guess I'm curious about how do you go about communicating, you know, with your team that this is the best approach? Like, even though like in the interim, after we make the decision and the the, the beginning part of it is going to suck, like I'm, I'm not even going to lie to you, it's going to suck. But over time, it's going to be uh, best for the team. How do you communicate that to your team? Because we know as leaders, you're always selling, always trying to, uh, you know, uh, share that, you know, uh, what's the best course of action. Kind of talk to me about that, Chris, if you don't mind. Well, that, that trust, uh, has to be, has to be built Fair uh, with your team. So you, you can't just go in and expect people to trust your decisions. 
I've got a great example of this when I was going through SEAL training and it was called, it's what's called third phase of training. And it's where we do our, our weapons training and stuff. And I was our class leader and we had done this training evolution where we essentially got finished at like three in the morning and we had an inspection the next morning at five Mm o'clock. So we had two hours to get all our gear cleaned up, get everything inspection ready, and then try to get some sleep. Well, there was no chance of getting any sleep. But um, so what I did was everybody in in my class just started climbing in their beds because we were all so tired. And I went around rack to rack and woke everybody up and got them to work and got them to do stuff. And my class hated me, Mm. hated me for two hours. Right. Um, But we got no sleep and the instructors came out at five o'clock or whatever time it was. And we passed inspection and the instructors said, nobody, no class has ever passed this inspection before. Mm. And we ended up, they gave us that entire day off. So we got a full full day to rest and recover. So right. it's you know sticking to your guns, doing what you know is right, and you know force the issue if you have to. And when it turns out the the way you know, you're going to start you know essentially getting street cred, and people are going to listen to you. Let me flip it on you a little bit. What if it didn't go as as planned? Like what if it like it like oh man, you still failed inspection and this that, and the other. How do you once again, once again, you start talk about building that tr- that uh, team trust on the front end, but now you definitely got to rely on it now because things definitely didn't go as planned. And now you have to go back to your team and you say what? Like how do, do you apologize? You say you take accountability. What does that conversation sound like, Chris? Well, I think you just got to know that you're doing the right thing and by by knowing you're doing the right thing you know maybe maybe you convey that to them um you know for for instance like i get strength from that i was after i retired i worked for homeland security for for a while and Mm -hmm. i was an instructor there and they were doing very unsafe training this group that i was working with gotcha and i actually became a government whistleblower and okay. point I had 500 pages of documents showing how unsafe their training was. And in the end, uh, they didn't do anything about the training and I ended up getting fired. Mm. And it sounds bad on the surface, but I am so proud for my sons to be able to, you know, look at that and go, you know what? Yeah. My dad got fired, but he did it for the right reason. He did the right thing. Right. So always, you know, just standing up and doing what you know and know is right, no matter what the consequences, that is, you know, I, I think a defining characteristic of a leader. For sure. You know, let me shift gears here because it's the second time you've referenced your sons. You talked about them earlier in the show about like, you know, uh, want to spend more, t- you know, spending more time with them and how that's important to you. And now you're talking about how, uh, you know, they can look back on, on uh, decisions like these and, and be proud of that. Talk about the perception of how your sons look at you, what you want your uh, legacy to be when they look at that legacy 
talk to me about that. Talk to me about why that's important to you, uh, Chris, if you don't mind, because it seems important to you, which, but I wanted, I wanted to dive into that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad that that's obvious because yeah, raising my sons into men is my number one priority in life. Everything gotcha. I do in life revolves around that. And, you know, it came from, I, you know, grew up, I, uh, my dad left when I was, I think like two months old and mm-hmm. he never wanted to have a relationship with me. And, um, it, you know, ever since then I had said, man, I, no matter what, if I have children, I am going to be the best father, uh, there is. And so I ended up, uh, when I was in the Navy, I ended up going on what would be my last deployment. And I came home and my my sons wouldn't talk to me. They're two and four years old at the time. Mm-hmm. And my four-year-old, he wasn't eating and he wouldn't eat for like two weeks. Mm. And finally, one day he told me, you know, I'm like, hey, buddy, why aren't you eating? You need to, you need to eat so you can be strong. And he said, dad, if I eat, I'll grow up. If I grow up, I'll become a daddy. And if I become a daddy, I'll have to leave my family. Mm. And that just hit me, you know, like a brick in the forehead. And yeah, so, you know, I realized, wow, yeah, my home address is the same as my son's, but I'm not here for them. I'm, you know, I'm off on deployments and, you know, I'm not, I'm not here. So I need to be here. So I was supposed to reenlist for five years and get a $250,000 bonus. Uh, but instead, the day after he told me that, I went in and submitted my retirement papers. Mm, I hear that. And since then, I've you know I do everything I can to be the best father I can be. Um, I've probably been on more fatherhood podcasts than I have uh, <laughs> on anything else. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, it's it's a mission in my life. You know, the the reason I started an online business was to spend time with them. Um, you know, and they're my why they're, they're the why, you know, when it comes to my business and like, I tell people if my why for running this business was to make some money, well, I'll tell you what, right now I I don't need money. I, I've, I could, I could fully retire right now and be just fine. Um, but I keep going because I want them to see you know, what it keeps, what it means to, to be a leader, to be a business owner and that, you know, they can do it and, you know, writing books and d- really doing whatever you want. I want them to see that I need to be the best example I can for my sons. For sure. For sure. Thank you uh, for sharing that. And once again, Startup Nation, we're actually wrapping up uh, with Chris Sinok, uh, author of The New Rules of Marketmanship. And if you want to check out uh, what Chris is all about, we have the website there in the show notes. If you listen to the replay on a, on the podcast, chrissinok.com. Uh, also, check out that YouTube channel. You may find some cool stuff uh, there as well. Hey, Chris, I want to ask you this as a uh, expert in what you do when it comes to uh, marksmanship and stuff like that. You know, we have a, you know, and, and being in the military, uh, you know, uh, and stuff like that. Um, I want to ask you about this because, you know, there's a lot of video games that kind of replicate, you know, what you do, Call of Duty and stuff like that. And also movies and stuff like that. When you see uh, video games and movies and stuff like that, it kind of emulate what you do. Do you kind of roll your eyes? Is that kind of like a, uh, you know, uh, uh, appreciation for the imitation of it? Kind of give you a commentary on that. I'm always fascinated by that. 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of split. Like, okay. I'm, I'm very specific about things I will roll my eyes at. Okay. And so, for instance, if I'm watching a movie and somebody throws a hand grenade mm-hmm. and a building blows up, which is something, <laughs> if you've ever seen what a hand grenade does, that is n- not what it's like at all. It's a little puff of smoke right. and, you know, you just don't want to be near it. Right. Um, but I want to see that in a movie. Like that is why you go to see movies Fair enough. It is to see things blow up and, you know, things are larger than life, but things that do bother me mm-hmm. are the endless magazines. So somebody mm-hmm. shooting a pistol that's got 13 rounds possible in the magazine and one in the chamber gotcha. and they're shooting for half an hour straight and never reloading. Gotcha. That bothers me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I see. Uh, there's this story about Aaron Eckhart. He was in some movie. I, I can't remember uh, what it was where he, he said the line, and they had like a military consultant online and he said, get to the chopper. And they like the, the consul- military consultant, like stop the film. Like don't ever say that again. So I wanted to kind of get your uh, uh, commentary <laughs> on that. Cause you say, well, I would never say that. Like I would, nobody would ever say that. So I, yeah. I just want to get your commentary uh, <laughs> on that for sure. Uh, so, yeah, but, it is interesting. I can't, you know, I can tell and, you know, anybody else that's in, in the military can sure. tell when, uh, you know, a movie or a TV show has a, a consultant that has actually been in the military. Gotcha. Because uh, a lot of times, you know, I've heard of consultants and mm. I've looked them up and looked up their background and they've, they've never even been in the military. Mm. Um, so good marketing, I'm guessing, on their part to get the job. But for sure. Um, yeah. Would that be something you'd be open to? Like consulting for like a, for Hollywood movie and stuff like that. I believe you're there in San Diego. You're not too far. I am. And yeah, actually I have uh, a TV show that, that I produce. Um, it's called fire team six. Okay. And so rather than just being a, you know, a consultant, I'm actually a, a co-producer and um, actor gotcha. in, in the show. And it's, it's a, it's a TV series that we've developed and it's, ba- we call it action education. Fair enough. So each, each episode is based on actual seal missions. And then it keeps cutting back and forth where we'll do something during the mission. And then I will teach how, how you do that. So if I transition from my rifle to my pistol, I will teach how, to, how to do that. And then it goes, you know, goes back and, uh, we think it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was supposed to be, uh, the outdoor channel, uh, was going to run it. And then I think they ran out of money, gotcha. um, or something, but yeah, we're still hoping anybody out there that knows anybody at Netflix or Hulu or gotcha. you know, anybody, we've got a great TV show. Uh, ready to go i hear that i hear that thank you so much <laughs> cut the check to my man chris already if you're out there yeah yeah you can go to sure. go to fireteam6 uh on youtube mm-hmm. and you can see the the sizzle reel for that there you go there you go thank you so much for sharing that and before i ask the last question i just want to say once again chris thank you for so much for coming on the show uh, once again thank you uh for your service to this amazing uh, country that we live in and thank you for all the uh, amazing valuable uh, stuff that you share with us here a started mission here on the startup life we definitely appreciate all of it uh, but now i'm actually going to turn the microphone over to you because 
you're uh, very knowledgeable and very uh, experienced in like, you know, training people, coaching people up. And there's a lot of people feeling a little discouraged right now. Chris, if you don't mind, can you kind of share some words of encouragement to take us out for today? If you don't mind, good, sir. Yeah, I think what I'll just take it back to is um, finding your why. And if you don't have a why, um, you're going to be discouraged. And anytime you do get discouraged, if you have a why, all you got to do is go back to it and and remember why you're you're doing what you're doing. And there's and also realize, too. Uh, yeah, I'm a successful Navy SEAL. Everybody, you know, thinks, uh, you know, oh, Navy SEALs, they, they never have any problems. Man, there's there's mornings I wake up and I do not want to get out of bed. I hear that. And I just got to think, well, wait a minute. I love my boys. What if my boys see me sleeping in all day? Right. Uh, you know, so I, I get up and I'm, and now I'm excited about it. I'm like, Oh yeah. Um, and I, and I think another thing too, that people really neglect is their physical health, their diet. That's one of the biggest things I teach and, you know, motivation come it it's, it's your motive, but it's also your motive in motion. And being motivated means that you're moving. So if you are feeling discouraged and you're feeling like staying in bed and not getting anything done, go for a run, get, you know, start, get that heart pounding and, you know, get in shape. And that movement, that is motivation. People think that motivation is like, like this magic pixie dust that's going to get sprinkled on you magically. Right. Um, you know, you've got to make motivation i hear that you gotta make motivation i definitely understand that it, because it's more organic it's more real and probably more uh more likely to be sustained uh so i definitely understand that thank you so much chris and that's gonna wrap up our time here on the startup life one once again we want to thank uh chris say uh for coming on the show uh appreciate you coming on the show brother really appreciate it thank you dominic no worries and as always startup nation if you have an idea be about that life startup life if you want to let us know what you think about our show have an idea for a show topic or would like to advertise on our show send us a message on the startup life podcast facebook page and while you are there like and follow our page as well it's a great way for us to engage with you startup nation and really grow our community the link is there in the show notes subscribe to the show as it can be heard on apple Podcasts, google play stitcher radio spotify or even on your facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast if you are listening on apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show you can also listen to the show on the startup life podcast new website there you will find the all-new startup blog where i write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship and hey If you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.